0: Hi, I'm Art Kaplan. I'm at the Division of Medical Ethics at the NYU Langone Medical Center. Everybody knows there is a huge shortage of organs for transplant. We've had year after year of appeals to people to try and donate organs when they die or a loved one dies. It is important, if you think of it, to raise this topic with your patients, both young and old. It's important that we do encourage and support organ donation when people die. Many kidneys nowadays come from people who are living. Uh, We don't get nearly enough kidneys for those who need them, and so we're turning to living sources, and there's nothing wrong with that as long as the people understand what they're doing and have good informed consent. Sometimes it's even necessary for a physician to provide them with an excuse. It's hard to tell a family member, your brother, your mother, You don't want to be a donor, so I've long argued that in this area you may need to do a little bit of coloring of the truth or stretching the truth to say that person can't be a donor. It may be for psychological, emotional reasons, not physical. But what else could we do to increase the supply of organs? Well, an idea that's been around for a long time is to take high-risk organs and give them to high-risk people. Recently, Johns Hopkins University took an HIV-positive donor, someone that would never be used in terms of even being considered as a possible organ donor, and when they died, they transplanted a liver and a kidney in two individuals who were also HIV-positive, high-risk donor going to a recipient for whom that risk might be less. There are also programs underway at some transplant centers to use uh, people who die uh, who are older, say over 60, maybe trying to transplant their organs if they're healthy enough upon inspection to older recipients. As one wise guy said to me, you know, if we transplant a 65-year-old heart to a 75-year-old recipient, they don't need the same warranty uh, as you would if you were giving it to a 30-year-old. So there may be ways to explore this. On the other hand, the National Institutes of Health has said There are some tough ethical issues here when you're using high-risk donors, whether they're dead or whether they're living in the case of kidneys. First of all, does the patient need to know that they're high-risk? And so far, I would argue they do. Even HIV positive to HIV positive, you don't know that that isn't going to re-trigger HIV infection or make it worse in the recipient. It's a bit of an experiment. So I think you have to get a strong consent, even if you're telling your patients who might need a transplant, Hey, think about considering someone who might be an older donor or someone who might have an infectious disease like HIV. We also need to make sure that these people are carefully followed. So transplant centers and the doctors who care for patients who refer to those transplant centers do need to make sure that the patients understand it's important to know that they keep the doctor informed about rejection, about uh, what the effect is of immunosuppression, if they get an HIV-positive organ, and so on really have to track this carefully. Ultimately, we may get to a point in time where we might say, look, if I can't get any organ, even though I'm not HIV positive, I'll take one from an HIV positive person because an HIV positive heart or liver is much better than the alternative, which is death, and maybe I could take my immunosuppressive drugs but also take my HIV drugs and get a good quality of life for many years by accepting a very high-risk organ. Shortage makes us think hard about how to stretch supply. It's almost an ethical obligation if we're going to ration what can we do to get more organs. I think using high-risk organs makes sense. However, I think patients have a right to know. Patients have a right to say no if they don't want to do it. And until we really establish whether this is safe and effective, we've got to treat it as research, not just as rescuing someone from death. I'm Art Kaplan. I'm at the NYU School of Medicine, and thank you for watching.